listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 10th of July, 2023. Later on Market Day, I'll be speaking with Angus Geddes from Fat Profits about why he's worried about the economic outlook and environment, especially with new data coming out of China. But first, to the government's changes to childcare subsidies, which has been increased from 85% to 90% for families earning less than $80,000. Above that, the subsidy gets smaller. Tyler Cusey spoke with education consultant Lisa Bryant for more. So there's two separate changes that are happening. One is that the government announced prior to the election a policy that's designed to increase the childcare subsidy to 90% for the majority of families or for a lot of families. And the other one is just the general indexation of the childcare subsidy that occurs at this time every year. But this year, because inflation has gone up so much, it's a, a quite a bigger increase than it normally is. Is there a danger these subsidies could just lead providers to increase their fees? Look, for sure. Obviously, a lot of services are required to increase their fees. We've had a 5.75% pay increase um, in the sector. So, um, you know, <clears throat> the only way to cover those kind of increases is to increase fees. And so there will be some increases and that's accepted and needed. And that, you know, uh, uh, subsidy increase that happens at this time every year is like allows for that. But on top of that, there is definitely some price gouging by some companies, especially the larger corporates and companies that are run by private equity, companies that are designed to make money out of childcare, and that's really all they're doing. So we will see some of those pushing that boundary as much as they can. Uh, And given, as you say, these subsidies will put more money in families' pockets and potentially increase fees, do you think this measure is inflationary? Oh, of course it will be. And that's one of the reasons why the government is having a price inquiry done by the ACCC into prices in the sector. But it's really the funding model's a bit broken, you know. If we funded schools like this by funding parents who could then decide which school to take their child to, people would be outraged if schools were making profits out of children. But somehow it's okay for children under five and there is no reason why we shouldn't be funding it exactly the same way we're funding schools, by funding the actual schools or the actual services. Are you expecting these changes to increase demand for childcare? Look, there is, except that in some areas in the country we've got extreme shortages of childcare so that, you know, even if there is increased demand, even if families go, oh, I could actually afford an extra day here, they probably wouldn't be able to get it. But our workforce shortage is acute and it's going more and more companies are going to realise that their staff can't get the childcare they need We've already heard the mining industry going, we're not going to meet our quotas for women because we can't engage women because they can't get childcare for their children. We have a huge workforce shortage. It was started you know, through COVID and through measures that Scott Morrison chose to take during COVID. Job uh, Childcare educators were the first ones that were thrown off JobKeeper. And so we're seeing the impact of that 
all these years later. So how should the sector be addressing this workforce shortage? Look, there's only one way workforce shortages can be addressed in this sector, and that's by increasing the wages. Why would anyone want to work as an educator when they could earn a lot more money in retail? You know, it's a hard job. It's a rewarding job, but it's a very hard job, and it's just dramatically underpaid. Did the increased working restrictions for people on student visas uh, also have an impact here? yeah, you know, for sure, even the fact, you know, going back to JobKeeper again, even um, the fact that people that were here on visas couldn't get access to JobKeeper means a lot of the education care workforce went back to their home countries. So, yeah, anything that affects immigration affects us big time. Taz Akuzi there speaking with education consultant uh, Lisa Bryant. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Not really a good start to the week for the Australian share market, which fell half percent. The S&P ASX 200, 7,004 points. The losses came as China recorded no inflation in June, while over the weekend the US saw unemployment fall to 3.6%, boosting the chances of another rate rise very, very soon. For more, I spoke with Angus Geddes, He's the CEO at Fat Profits. Look, it certainly does. I mean, there's no question the economy is running uh, pretty hot at the moment. And whilst uh, unemployment or employment numbers are beginning to come down, uh, we did see that. I guess the thing that's going to worry the Fed is the fact that the hourly wages were higher, uh, came in slightly hotter than expected. So I think what this really means is that, you know, given the US economy is proving to be very resilient, Uh, The Fed are going to have to keep going uh, with their tight monetary policy. We'll probably get another rate hike uh, later this month. I did read in your morning note today that the phase we're in right now is eerily similar to the period leading up to the 87 crash. What do you mean by that? And could there be another crash then? Look, I think it is. There are parallels with what's happening in the bond market. Uh, We're seeing a lot of damage in the bond market. Uh, bonds are being sold off and yields, particularly at the long end of the curve, are rising, uh, whilst we've still got the Federal Reserve tightening. Now, this is kind of what happened back in 87 uh, when the Fed uh, were lifting rates, the bond market uh, was being sold off, yields were rising, uh, and when the Fed lifted above 7%, it precipitated the uh, the US uh, Wall Street crash. Now, I don't think that... Um, History is going to play out exactly the same way this time. But the fact that the long end of the US yield curve rising uh, is a concern because it is a threat to some of those mega cap high price growth stocks, which are particularly rate sensitive. Uh, So could we see an exodus from that sector of the market? I think we could, uh, particularly if those yields uh, continue to uh, track that much higher. I guess a lot of this has got has got to do with uh, interest rates globally, I guess, potentially being higher for longer. Given that, does it change the way that you're investing at the moment or are there any opportunities for investors as a result? Look, I think the uh, the trend that we're seeing higher now with, with um, bond markets getting sold around the world and yields rising, uh, particularly at the long end, we're seeing it not just in the United States but all over the world. I think it's a time for caution. And, you know, we know, you know, from history at some point 
uh, the stock market can't be agnostic about rising bond yields forever and we could get a reaction. So, you know, we're um, very much playing it quite cautiously at the moment. And I think, um, you know, defence is justified. Final question, China. Inflation there, though, has slowed to zero. Latest data coming out today. What does that say about the Chinese economy and the implications for Australia and investors here? Well, I think there's a couple of factors uh, that's worth highlighting. Firstly, you know, they do have um, much greater unemployment amongst their youth. They've got a lot more slackness in the labour market. Uh, But secondly, you know, this rebound that uh, is supposed to be uh, happening this year, it's 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 misfiring. The Chinese economy is not getting the traction that a lot of economists thought would happen six months ago, and that that sort of says to me that you know the fallout and the damage to the property market over there is probably a lot more severe. Uh, it's really caused a lot of disruption with the consumer. Uh, there's not a lot of confidence over there, and you know the authorities are really having a problem uh, getting the consumer to spend money again and get that economy. Uh, really moving. Angus Geddes there from Fat Profits. And a quick one before we go, some major changes happening at Westpac. After more than 30 years, respected Chief Economist Bill Evans will be stepping down by the end of the year. He'll be taking on a new role at the bank as Senior Economics Advisor. RBA Assistant Governor Lucy Ellis will take on the Chief Economist role at Westpac from October. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.